We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome, Bears fans, to a Bear Report podcast. Here's we're here to recap the 2022 NFL Draft in 11-man class. For Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears, um, they went into the draft with just six picks, made a couple trades on day three, and acquired more draft capital and kind of calmed the, uh, let's say, nerves of fans after uh, what happened on day two, which necessarily um, wasn't really a bad thing. We're going to kind of give some instant reaction here to exactly what happened and um, what, what what's going to happen moving forward with rookie minicamp on deck for next weekend, and then also give some thoughts on just the state of the Bears after they essentially are finished with the draft. I'm Zach Pearson, and I'm going to bring in Usain Koshal here to kind of break things down with me. Um, Usain, what's kind of your general thoughts right off the bat of how this Bears uh, draft played out over the past three days here or so? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me on first off, but I just think the whole thing from start to finish was there were obviously some great picks like Kyler Gordon. There were obviously some very polarizing picks, but I think that, you know, when you look at the draft class in general, I mean, I saw some crazy statistic floating out there on Twitter. This is the first time the Bears have had more than 10 or 11 picks, I think, since 2008, and that's going all the way back to the Jerry Angelo era. But, you know, the reason I bring that up is because I think that this is what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are aiming to do here. You look at the Colts and Chiefs, and those are two organizations where over the last couple of years at the NFL level, I mean, those two teams have basically become models for how to draft and develop homegrown talent. I think that the Bears have honestly been one of the worst organizations in the NFL when it comes to drafting and developing homegrown talent. So this was kind of a new era of Bears football because we're going to be moving into uh, the next few years here with Poles and Eberflus. It's all going to be about that homegrown talent. And look, I mean, credit to Ryan Poles. He got creative with, I think the Bears had five draft day trades on day three. They started off with, I think, 
seven or eight total picks. And Ryan Poles turned that into 11 picks by constantly trading down. Obviously, you know, from a writer's perspective, it was kind of obnoxious, I should say, to see the Bears having to move constantly up and down the board. But you also look at, I mean, they got some great value with offensive line. I think a hidden gem, as a lot of national media people are terming it, at edge rusher. So I think it's an intriguing draft class. A lot of ready-to-go day one starters, but a lot of low-risk, high-reward guys too. Yeah, and, and, you know, it pretty much started off with they had six picks scheduled, three on day two, um, three on day three. And, you know, they have a roster that has to be filled out with – you know, talent. They had a lot of holes on the roster and they needed to find a way to fill that out. And they did so. And Ryan Poles got aggressive by making a couple of trades on Saturday. And, you know, the first one, he traded actually a future draft pick, giving the Chargers back their 2023 six rounder um, that they got, you know, from the Cleo Mack trade and then acquiring two seventh round picks. They were both um, comp-, comp picks late in the round. And then, you know, when they were scheduled to pick at 148 and 150, they kind of moved back as well uh, with both trades and acquired more draft capital. So looking at it, you know, it's a lot of lottery tickets in a way on day three. I mean, you're going to find some talent. Um, You know, you're going to be a guy, you're going to be in a situation where you hope that one of these four offensive linemen that you picked um, can stick and they're going to come in and compete. And, and I think the bears got some great value on guys. Um, you know, one thing we have to note here is this is a very deep draft class for the main reason that a lot of college players got an extra year in COVID, you know, a, a lot of players use that extra year of eligibility to come back and, and play for an extra season and then head over into the draft. And that's why you saw, you know, a lot of guys, you know, the Bears, I don't think they picked a player under the age of 23 in this draft. A lot of guys overall are, are older. If you look, it's not just the Bears. You look at a lot of these picks. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the stars that come out a little early, that that's going to happen. But more than ever this year was a lot more older type players. For the Bears here, this is a deep draft where you can find some some good players in the fourth, fifth rounds, uh, potentially the sixth round. You know, it's a lot harder in the sixth and seventh round, but you know, finding talent in the fourth, fourth and fifth, um, you know, probably shouldn't be um, a problem for the Bears. And I think they have some talented players with this draft class. It's eleven man class, and then they also signed. I think they're somewhere up to fourteen, fifteen ish. Undrafted free agents they signed plus more tryout players they can add to their roster after um, the, this upcoming weekend. But kind of just to start, you know, you look at this draft class and the Bears, they went on day two, Kyler Gordon with their first pick in the second round, a defensive back out of Washington. They went safety, Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State with their second pick in the second round. And they finally went over to the offense side of the ball and took Velas Jones Jr. out of Tennessee, you know, an older player, um, who has experience with USC and, and, and Tennessee. But the thing to note about him is he did get better as the years went on. And, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's an older player, but he's very durable. He told us he only had a high ankle sprain, was, was the hardest injury he's had. So, you know, we can complain that they didn't go after a wide receiver. That was probably a spot that maybe Pace – or uh, Poles, I'm sorry, wanted to trade back at. Um, but, you know, we can say, oh, why did he trade back? He should have trade back. They might not have gotten a call there to, to, to have a trade back. So – 
starting with, you know, the day two picks, I think that the Bears found two starters in their secondary. And I understand the frustrations. You know, you want playmakers for Justin Fields. You want offensive talent. And, you know, it, it just didn't happen. But last year, going back to last season, a lot of people, myself included, said this was one of the worst secondaries. They had holes in the secondary. They've had a hole in the secondary since Kyle Fuller left. They've had a hole in the slot as well. They have a hole at, at strong safety. They haven't been able to fill the hole at strong safety since Adrian Amos. They drafted two guys that are going to come in and very likely going to start week one. You have to address the secondary too. You could score 30, 40 points. I understand that given Justin Fields' help, you also have to, to, to defend too. You can't be giving up 40 points. So I really like the value with both of those picks. Um, I'd be very curious to see if Christian Watson was there when the Bears made a pick, um, if they would have gone that route. You know, Green Bay did jump ahead of them, and for whatever reason, I'm still trying to think of a good reason why the Minnesota Vikings not only traded with Green Bay where everyone knew Green Bay was going to take a wide receiver, and everyone knew that Green Bay had a glaring need at wide receiver – they trade up. They trade with Green Bay. They allow them to get a wide receiver. They also trade with Detroit and allow them to get a wide receiver. So, you know what? I, I hate doing this, but I hope Karma gets back to the Vikings, and I hope you know the Packers and and Lions eventually throw all over that secondary. Yeah, the the Vikings did address the secondary, but you helped two divisional teams. So, I would have been curious to see if Christian Watson. You know, if he was there, what the Bears would have done. But looking at this draft class for wide receivers, it's a deep class. It was a really deep class. I'm a little more disappointed they didn't go wide receiver later on day three, especially with some of the options there. I thought Khalil Shakir would have been a good option. The Bears actually traded the pick to Buffalo, and they took Khalil Shakir. We just kind of have to trust Ryan Poles. But as far as day two goes, I really like what they did with their secondary. And, you know, Vilas Jones, I, I mean – it's, 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 we just have to kind of wait and see. We had the Bears obviously have a plan for him. They're hoping he could be a weapon in their offense. Um, so I understand the frustrations with it. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be a great pick or a great pro. I'm also not going to sit here and say he's going to be a terrible pro because we just don't know yet. We have to wait till he gets on the field and we can actually see him in action. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and let's just break down some of those guys, speaking of wide receivers. I mean, how about three of Justin Fields' former teammates, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jamison Williams, who started 
at Ohio State, but transferred to Alabama going 10-11-12. You know, I think really what set the stage here for why the Bears kind of approached the draft the way that they did is because Andrew Freeman and I, who co-host the Picks for Polls podcast with me, you know, I remember you mentioning too that, hey, for the Bears, some of the best case scenarios are that a guy like a Zion Johnson or a Trevor Penning or even Tyler Linderbaum, player that a lot of teams kind of view to be a bit too undersized, would fall out of the first round. Then it would have made sense to go offense in round two. Now, a lot of the reason the Bears want Bears fans wanted the team to go offense in round two simply because teams and fans are recognizing that it is a league that's driven by elite offenses and great quarterback play. So naturally getting that help for Justin Fields would have made sense. But, you know, we saw with round one, I mean, as soon as a guy like Zion Johnson and Linderbaum kind of went in round one, even Cole Strange, who was a major surprise pick, by the way, but a typical New England Patriots pick, you kind of knew that at that point, going into Friday, things were going to open up for the Bears. Now, if you know you want my analysis on the first selection of Kyler Gordon, I'm going to keep it plain and simple here. I'm not surprised the Bears went this route. You mentioned that the Bears have had such a major hole in the secondary, but I also think that we have to understand something is that going into the offseason, there were three legitimate needs that we all had classified for the Bears. It was offensive line, wide receiver, and cornerback. So I'm not mad with the Kyler Gordon pick at all just because I think that he should still be – he's a first-round prospect make no mistake. But he slipped to round two specifically because there was that weird run on offensive linemen and wide receivers. I mean, the draft is all about layers and dominoes that fall a specific way. The top 10 went about as predictable as it could get, right? The middle half of the first round, I thought, was where things really started to shake up, which kind of set the stage for why the Bears went went and drafted the way they did on day two. I mean, look, Jaquan Brisker, I know, is a polarizing pick, specifically because a lot of people are like, why would you even go with safety at 48th overall when, you know, just three to four picks later, you had George Pickens, Alec Pierce, and Sky Moore go. Now, you could argue two things here. It would have made sense, I think, for the Bears to go any of those wide receivers, but I also think that for Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, selecting... Brisker was all about getting that tough, talented, physical, versatile safety who can play multiple in multiple places in Matt Eberflus's defense. He can play 15 to 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage. He can also go ahead and operate in the box. And I just think that, you know, when Matt Eberflus talks about the speed, the physicality, get your track shoes on because we're going to do a lot of running. I think Jaquan Brisker is a prospect that embodies that. You look at Vilas Jones Jr. Okay, that was a bit of an odd pick if we're going to be honest, but you also look at it, I mean, in that point in the draft, Vilas Jones Jr., Jalen Tolbert, you know, they were, I think, two wide receivers, that, and David Bell, too, you know. So there's only, and Danny Ray, only four wide receivers really selected in round four, which just well, kind of shows that. I don't oh, mean sorry, to interrupt round... you, but let me ask you this. Oh, go ahead. That. You mentioned those guys. Would you say any of those guys are number one wide receivers? I wouldn't. I don't think so. I think David Bell could be a good two. I mean, he could develop into number one, but I don't think like. I think I understand the Vilas Jones argument with that, and I think what you said is true. I don't think there was a good number one wide receiver available in the second round. Maybe Christian Watson and George Pickens. The thing with Pickens though is there was something with the red flag with with his you know not off field stuff, but 
kind of what do you, what's happened to him, you know, in between the, you know, when the, when the whistle blows, when the whistle's done, you know, and the injury as well. So I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, Vilas Jones Jr., it's a, a little bit of a reach. I just, I don't know if like any of those guys, I mean, David Bell could turn into a number one, but like, I don't know. I don't think Jalen Tolbert's a number one. I think the Bears' plan is they're going to roll with what they have right now. And another thing, like, and I'm not saying you specifically here because I don't think you've done this. A lot of people I see are saying, you know, Darnell Mooney's a number one. Um, David Montgomery's an elite back. Cole Komet's going to be an elite tight end. But then they also say, well, Justin Fields has no weapons. So it's like, it, 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 I don't know. If you're going to say one thing, it, the other thing doesn't, you know, mean that's not specifically towards you or anything. I'm just saying, like, in general, I'm seeing people are like, well, they don't have any weapons. But Darnell Mooney's a one, and but elite, David Montgomery's elite. But, you know, stuff like that. So I do think they need to help Justin Fields with weapons. And I do think they probably should have taken another wide receiver as well. Um, I just I, I look at it from the way is I don't know if there was a number one or even like, you know, number two. Is Jalen Tolbert like really ready to be a, come in and be a number two? A guy, I look at this and you you mentioned this guy. Um, I want to say I want to say on when we recorded on Friday, the kid from Tampa Bay, um, Jalen Darden. Yeah, Jalen Darden. That's Jaylen it. Darden. A lot of people fell in love with him. A lot of people fell in love with him and thought he'd be a really damn good wide receiver. And, and, you know, that still might be the case, but I feel like a lot of draft Twitter and a lot of fans find their guy and they think he's going to be elite number one, blah, blah. I thought Daz Newsom would be a, a solid prospect. He's not. I don't, I think he's got a long ways to go. I, you know, also thought there would be other prospects the Bears should have targeted that would be elite in the, in the NFL. And they're not. I mean, it's, it's just, it's hard. We just have to, the bottom line is we have to trust. Ryan Poles and we have to trust these guys and to kind of wrap that part up and I'll let you kind of finish. I'm sorry for interrupting. Um, you know, I'd like to go back and look at the reaction to Darnell Mooney when he was drafted in the fifth round, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that are saying he was a good prospect, but there's probably people out there that are like, who the heck is this guy? You know, he played at Tulane, nothing against that, but I mean, they're not playing Ohio State every week in the Big Ten. You know, they're not playing the Pac-12, the SEC, the, the ACC. Um, you know, they're not playing these these schools. They did play Ohio State, but not, you know, not that level of talent every week. So it's just, you know, we kind of have to just trust, um, trust Ryan Poles, I'd say. Yeah, so, you know, getting back to it here, I mean, I have the draft order pulled up in front of me because it's hard to keep track of every single pick, but I counted just three, yeah. or, sorry, four <laughs> wide receivers. Three. You know, there, there's something to be said. Okay. When you look at the wide receivers that basically went, I believe 50, 51, 52, right. In round two, which was um, Pickens, Alec Pierce, Sky Moore. And then you have right after that, the four that went in round three. I mean, if we're being honest about something, then, oh, and, Mechie Taekwon Thornton went in round two as well, as well as um Wandale Robinson, okay, and Christian Watson. If we're gonna be specifically honest with ourselves, we have to understand that's like what six or seven wide receivers that went in two rounds. The point yeah. is, I think, is that there's two lessons we learned from this. Number one, this was a super top heavy wide receiver class because you saw the crazy run on receivers. You saw that all, all the guys that were projected and mocked to go in round one went in round one. Okay. But the number two, I think 
it really speaks to the point here is that the Bears did not see any of these guys as being players who could significantly develop into ones. And here's why. Because at the NFL level, what you're trying to do is this, is you're trying to project what a player did in college versus what a player is going to do at the next level, okay? And, you know, teams have their different ways of grading prospects. So, like, a team such as Green Bay, clearly you could tell by the trade-up with Minnesota, had Christian Watson ranked and graded much higher on the big board compared to a team like the Bears, let's say, or the Vikings who traded out of that very selection. And so I think, you know, like, the whole argument of, okay, Justin Fields doesn't have any weapons. Let's be honest with ourselves here. The Bears don't have an elite core of skill position players you know darnell mooney okay listen there's let's play devil's advocate with darnell mooney here too because 50 percent of it is the fact that he did become the quarterback's favorite targets last year and i say quarterbacks and not justin fields because the Bears cycled through three quarterbacks last year but then on the other hand you could say hey the wide receiver core was so weak last year. Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird kind of struggled to stay healthy. Daz Newsom, yeah. a guy that didn't see the field until the Bears traveled to Seattle yeah. late in the 2021 season. So on the other hand, and then Allen Robinson, you know, missed a couple of games, but just was non-existent. There were times I was watching the Bears last year. I remember I'm like, does Allen Robinson even exist at this point? Like, where's number 12? And so the other half of the argument is the fact that is Darnell Mooney legitimately this good? Or is it the fact that Allen Robinson and the Bears had no wide receivers last year to throw to besides Darnell Mooney? And so, you know, when I look at the skill position group overall, I still think that it's a group that has some upside to it you know Kokma, i don't think it has hit his ceiling yet i think darnell mooney with more consistent quarterback play not with you know nick Foles, mitch trubisky andy dalton justin fields and yeah that's pretty much all the quarterbacks the bears have had over the last few years throwing him the ball i think with just one consistent presence darnell mooney can be a good one b um you look at david montgomery who behind a shaky offensive line has done really well but has not the Bears have not maximized David Montgomery's potential. I think that David Montgomery is a guy that can have 2,000 yards from scrimmage a season. So ultimately, the point I'm making is this, is that the Bears have some talent, but it's not talent that blows you away by any means. And so people's argument of, well, the Bears do need more skill position players, I think it is 110% justified. Now, I will say, though, looking at this draft class, it is disappointing, though, that Ryan Poles only opted to take one wide receiver. Because I look at a team like the Chiefs, for example. I mean, the Chiefs had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, but what did they do in 2018 or 19? They made McCall Hardman a second-round pick. And so the good teams in this league identify when they have a weakness and when they have the additional flexibility with draft picks like the Bears had on day three and traded out of the slot that the Bills used to select the good teams consistently add to the best positional groups no matter what because it's better to have three four five two or three really good players two or three really solid players to just for a positional group because it just creates a well-rounded positional group as well and on top of that it helps with depth another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And, you know, we don't know what, what Ryan Poles is 
plan is for wide receiver. We don't know, you know, because the wide receiver position right now, let's be real, it's, it's changing in the NFL. It is – you're getting guys that are going to year three and four. They want to be paid a lot of money, and that's why a lot of them are being traded, you know, right now. And it is easier to find replacements in the draft, which, you know, I agree. I think on day three the Bears probably should have spent another pick on a wide receiver. I would have liked that, um, especially with the guys who were there. But we just don't know, you know, who was on Ryan Poles' board. Did he trust, you know, someone like Alec Pierce? Did he trust someone like Sky Moore or, um, you know, even David Bell, um, Khalil Shakir, guys, Romeo Dobbs, guys like that? I mean, we don't know. We don't know the background, any of that stuff. Um, I don't think we will know. Um, the other thing is, you know, he told us they're going to build in the trenches. They're going to build this team up from the trenches, and they're going to make sure that's right. And – Looking at free agency, they tried to do that with Larry Ogunjobi. It didn't work out. They went and got Justin Jones um, on the on the defensive line. You know, they they also went out on the offensive line, got Lucas Patrick, um, who's going to be a starter. I think they have one hole on their offensive line um, to fill. I'm not saying Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borman, a solution at tackle. I think you could roll with them in week one, or you can roll with moving Tevin Jenkins to the inside. Um, you already have Cody White here at one of the guard spots. Lucas Patrick's going to be your center unless, you know, that you want to move him to guard and maybe um, Doug Kramer can start at center. I, I think they have one whole one piece to kind of figure out. I don't think Dakota Dozier or Sam Mustafer is the answer, but they have four guys they drafted in, in, in on day three that they're going to come in and compete. You know, they, they spent their first pick on day three after trading back on Braxton Jones, a really raw athletic type of prospect at offensive tackle. He's a big guy. Um, he needs some work, though. And then they went out and got Zachary Thomas, who might be just a tad bit more polished. Um, he played, you know, out there at San Diego State. So a little tougher competition. They went Doug Kramer at Illinois, uh, a true center, probably could play a little guard as well. And they went with a Jairi Carter – or Jai – Jatari Carter – I'm sorry, I'm butchering this name. Um, the, the, the prospect at a Southern who – you know, is also a raw talent and a guy that, you know, could come in and, and compete as well. So I, I think we're going to be in a spot where they're, they, they try to plug in the offensive line. They're, they're not married to Tevin Jenkins. They're not married to Larry Borum. And they're hoping that one of these four offensive linemen pan out. And they also addressed holes in their secondary as well. And I think that's a good plan. I, I think just the wide receiver position got so much attention throughout the offseason, the help with Justin Fields. And I say this, look, I, if Justin Fields is elite, he's going to be elite. He's going to be elite. It'll be fine. If he's, if, he's, if he's not elite this year, I understand. Um, you know, and I think if he's a player that's going to take that next step. Yeah, getting him some help probably is a good idea. But there's also a scenario where he could showcase his skills and be, you know, an elite quarterback without these weapons. And then you build from there. I think fans got to realize this year is just going to be a complete wash. I mean, this they're going to be bad this year. The, the only thing holding them back from not being probably the worst team or one of the worst teams is their schedule's pretty easy. That's okay. They need a top five pick. Next year's class is going to be loaded at wide receiver. Next year's class is going to be loaded at edge talent. Next year's class is going to have some really good playmakers there in the top ten, which the Bears should be picking in. We just got to accept it is a rebuild. It's something that, you know, we have to go through because of the previous regime. But with the day three, I kind of want to talk about this. And I noticed a common theme here with all these picks, maybe outside the punter. Um, you know, you look at the four offensive linemen, you look at defensive end, Dominique Robinson, you look at running back, Treston Ebner, 
You look at safety Elijah Hicks. These guys are all very, very athletic. They are very athletic players. And I think we found what Ryan Poles is type is. He wants athletic players that, you know, offer some versatility. You look at, you know, someone, some of these offensive line, it might be interchangeable. You look at Elijah Hicks, who's a safety, but also has special teams value. Tristan Ebner, I'm really excited about because I think a lot of people see, oh, it's a running back here. They already have two running backs. He's more of a pass-catching running back with a lot of good special teams upside. I mean, I, I believe he was the back-to-back Big 12 uh, special teams player of the year at one point in his career. He's a guy that they're going to use as a, as a change of pace back on third down that's going to help you know take some of the pressure off Montgomery and Herbert and kind of add another dimension to the offense. And I honestly wouldn't be shocked if we saw him used you know, in, in the slot as well, lining up as a wide receiver as a weapon. I think that's the plan for him. And Elijah Hicks, you know, I mentioned the special teams versatility there as well, but very, very athletic guys, as you could see by their RAS scores as well. Yeah, so there's two things I want to mention. I mean, we saw the Bears take four offensive linemen on day three, and I think that that really speaks to Ryan Paul's roots in Kansas City, not because he is a former offensive lineman, but when you go back and look at the Chiefs draft's history, I mean, Andy Reid got there in 2013. I believe since from 2013 to 2021, the Chiefs basically selected like 10 offensive linemen in that time span. And you're not looking at guys that were drafted high. I mean, you're looking at just all over the board in terms of, you know, Eric Fisher, Eric Cush, Zach Fulton, uh, Lauren Duvernay, Tardif, Mitch Morse even. So really guys that were almost selected in every single round. But, you know, when you shift the conversation over to just the fact that Ryan Poles is looking for athletes, you know, I liken the current state of the NFL to the NBA here in a sense, just in the sense that if you remember when the Warriors basically went on their major run with Steve Kerr in the late 2010s, I mean, it was very clear that small ball had taken over the NFL. And I think, I'm sorry, the NBA and, you know, where, those players were playing basically everywhere. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, there was a certain versatility associated with it. I think we're seeing the exact same thing in the NFL now. And, you know, the versatility component is just so key for this offense that Luke Getze is going to run. Because if he does run an offense that's very similar to what Kyle Shanahan's doing in San Francisco and Matt LaFleur's doing up in Green Bay, you're going to see a lot of these players moved around. Like, that's why the Bears went ahead and selected Vilas Jones Jr. And I'm not going to say that Vilas Jones Jr. has Debo Samuel like traits. That's someone else's words. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com. Those are not my words, but you're seeing that that experience he has is very similar to a Debo Samuel and his ability to line up in the backfield, basically play whatever. I know that some people are going to say, oh, well, this is the exact same thing Matt Nagy tried to do in terms of moving a guy like a quarter all Patterson all over the place from the slot to the backfield. I think there's a difference, though. The fact that these are players who hopefully fit the bare scheme that Ryan Poles is acquiring versus Matt Nagy, who was just like, hey, let's just throw some mud at the wall, see what sticks. And by the way, I should say regarding Tristan Ebner, the running back that the Bears selected on day three, you you know, when I did additional research about him, it's interesting because I found out that he actually does have a bit of a background playing as a wide receiver. I think I saw that he was a um, all-state prep receiver back in high school too. So, you know, the point is this, is that for the Bears, when it comes to these 11 picks, I just thought that, you know, athletes 
as being one thing, but also just the versatility that exists, you know, and the versatility is all over the place. It's that a player like Kyler Gordon can play both inside and outside the numbers. You know, Jaquan Brisker can play, as I mentioned earlier, up in the box for 15 to 20 behind the line of scrimmage. You have a guy like Vilas Jones who's moved all over the place. The offensive lineman they drafted, you know what? A player like a Braxton Jones, sure, he played offensive tackle in college, but because he went to a relatively smaller school, then his best fit might just be inside at guard because a lot of this is what happens. You know, a lot of players at the NFL level, especially the offensive linemen, if they are not able to go ahead and handle playing tackle because their arm length is too short those guys kick inside the guard and do make pretty good guards too um and then ultimately you look at uh you know a guy like a elijah hicks who they selected on day three he's just a very hard-hitting safety that was basically ball production was his defining trait while he was with the California Golden Bears, you know, Ebner again is another one who basically played receiver, quarterback, linebacker, and defensive back. So I'm not saying, and that's in high school. So I'm not saying that, you know, all 11 of these players are going to be hidden gems and starters by any means. But I said this on Twitter today that if the Bears can get, you know, six or seven of these players to turn into quality starters or just solid depth pieces that the team does keep bringing back on these cheap one to two year deals. I think you're going to see this be a successful draft class by far. Well, and now the other thing is, is, as we kind of wrap this up with the, with the draft here, they drafted athletes. They drafted players that they think they're going to come in and compete. Obviously that's the goal. Now the coaches have to do their part. They have to develop these players, have to put them in the right situation. And I think Matt Eberflus understands that. We're going to get our first look this weekend at rookie minicamp, and we're going to kind of see. You know, it's not going to tell us a lot. Um, they're not practicing with the full team. They'll happen again later on in, in May when most of the team is there. But now it's time to develop these guys. Can you turn – you know, you did the drafting part, but can you turn these players into legit starters? The best way to, to – to, accelerate a rebuild and become a contender in 2023 is hitting on these draft picks. I think they came away with two legit starters on defense on day two. If they can come away with one legit offensive lineman starter and then a nice role player at running back um, with Ebner and maybe a nice value on, on special teams with, with Hicks late, and then maybe who knows about the punter as well, I would consider that a very successful draft. If you can get a couple pieces – you know, they don't have to be stars. I'm not saying they have to be perennial pro, pro bowlers. That's very hard to do. It's very hard to do with first-round picks. Um, it's just get some of these guys, develop them, legit starters, and that's how you accelerate a rebuild. And, you know, if Ryan Poles and this coaching staff can do that, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I, you know, I guess the other thing we should kind of mention is uh, Nick Foles is no longer on the roster. That was kind of some news that, that happened on uh, Saturday night after the draft. And, you know, the Bears were shopping him. He was a guy that they tried shopping literally through the draft. They were trying to pull off a trade. Here's the problem, though. No one was going to pay that contract. Was they got any money for that. No one was going to give them a draft pick, and the Bears did not want to give up any of their draft picks because no one would do that except for Ryan Pace. So it's like about time to end it. I'm, I'm kind of happy how Ryan Poles did it. He let them go. They're going to eat the money here. Um, it's unfortunate, but it kind of ties into – this is a rebuild. We're seeing bad contracts finally get off the books. Finally, the Bears can kind of start to free themselves with some money here. 
They can kind of rebuild their team. They don't have to worry about having, you know, Nick Foles on the roster and what the problem is there um, and what's he going to do. So it's just, it's a process. We're starting to accelerate the process a little bit here. And I'm sure more moves are coming. Free agency, there's a lot of players out in free agency. I mean, I don't think people like understand, like Tyrell Matthews still out there. Jarvis Landry's out there. The Bears had Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman are, still aren't signed. I'm not saying they're coming back or anything, but there's a lot of players out there. There's going to be more players at cuts. There's going to be more players in the summer. There's time to kind of accelerate this a little bit and get it going. I guess if I've said it before, but to wrap it up, you say, why don't you give me who your favorite draft pick was and why? Yeah. So, you know, there's two things here. And I think number one to add on to your comment before I answer your question is just the fact that the Bears went from being this offseason in a span of just three to four months. They went from being one of the oldest teams to one of the youngest teams in the NFL, especially with the 11 draft picks. And then we're not even counting the undrafted free agents yet. That's one thing. But then also number two, you know, the next three big contracts like Ryan Poles has made it his mission this offseason to offload a lot of these contracts it started with Khalil Mack you know Keem Hicks Eddie Goldman were not coming back Danny Trevathan's going to be a post-June first cut and then on the offensive side of the ball you know you're going to have Cody Whitehair who's probably in his last season with the Bears in 2022. Robert Quinn's days are obviously numbered Eddie Jackson's one of those where I can certainly see the Bears keeping him around to finish out his contract in 2024, or I could see the Bears moving on after 2023 and making him a post-June first cut because the last time I looked at the financials, I mean, it just makes more sense for the Bears to cut Eddie Jackson, I think, save 13 or $14 million in cap space post-June first, 2023, than it does to keep him around and just make him like a pre-June first cut. But I think, you know, my favorite pick overall of this draft, and I'm not going to go with any of the top guys in Gordon or Brisker, but I am so intrigued to see how a player like Tristan Ebner is going to fit into the Bears offense. Because let's be honest about something. I mean, Damian Williams is not back. He's with the Atlanta Falcons. And the Bears do have two pretty good running backs in Khalil Herbert as well as David Montgomery. And I don't think that the selection of Ebner per se should play into the Bears kind of moving on from David Montgomery because he is going into a contract here. But I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the Bears do with a guy like Tristan Ebner, specifically because we know the versatility that he has. He's a pure running back. He's also a really good receiver, both in the slot and out of the backfield. So what are the Bears going to do this upcoming season when it comes to, you know, game planning and drawing up plays for these guys like Ebner, Vilas Jones, Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle. You know, I think that one of the most intriguing things to see is going to be when Ebner and Vilas Jones are on the field, just what types of play designs and formations the Bears roll out. Because I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, 12, but also 21 personnel at times. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and, you know, I'm going to go with one of the top guys. I love Kyler Gordon. I think that's a fantastic pick. I, I think he's a first-round talent. Um, slipped a little bit for whatever reason. I mocked him in the first round late. I think it's going to be something like a Jalen Johnson situation where the Bears got a first-round talent in the second round. He's going to be an impact player right away. And if Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon are your two corners for five to eight years from now, I mean, that's fantastic. You're set there. I think the Bears did a good job there. I think, you know, he's, he's a good cover corner, got some good speed on him, you know, doesn't have a ton of takeaways, but also, you know, does get his hands on the football for, for batted passes, things like that. 
and, and he's a good tackler too. He's not afraid to come up in the run game and, and provide some support. And I like him. I really like Brisker as well. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see these guys on the field. I, I think, you know, the, this class is going to be very important and, you know, maybe we'll look back one day and say, man, the bears got two legit starters on defense, maybe a couple starters on offense. Who knows, but uh, I'm excited. So uh, kind of wrap things up. You say, where can everyone follow you at on Twitter and read your work at? Yeah, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Cultural. Check out my work on the Bear Report as well. A lot of the storyline articles are going to be coming back because there's actually something going on at Hallis Hall that is not the NFL draft anymore. We'll have coverage for you next week coming from Hallis Hall because of rookie minicamp as well. So stay tuned for all that and check out the Picks for Polls podcast too where we'll be having guests on just to break down each of the Bears draft prospects and the guests are going to be beat writers from the specific colleges. Yes, and look for that. Um, we got a couple lined up. And then please um, follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. And please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. It really helps this podcast and the Picks for Polls podcast. Until next time, everyone, please stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.